Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bink at Night. And welcome to Bink at Night. Jay Binkley, Chris Unocero. On this uh, Tuesday evening, Chris, you know there's a company Christmas party over at Arrowhead. That, 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 all these things at the wrong time, man. Well, is it is it is our it drink order? Yeah, it's is Odyssey, it it's our company Christmas yeah, party? Odyssey, is it man. happening right now? Yeah, right now, man. C Doc oh. couldn't go. Rob couldn't go. You and I couldn't go. No, clearly we couldn't go. And I'm all right with that. I'm kind of holiday partied out, man. Not that I go to many, but uh, it's kind of one of those things. It reminds me of everything I haven't bought yet. Because see, that asked me that earlier. He's asked me about uh, am I in the spirit, Christmas spirit yet? And I said, eh, it just depends. Wait, wait till I'm done with everything, and then uh, let that stress level come down. My usual trip to Quick Trip to get lottery tickets for everybody. Let me get that done and. Luckily, it's open like all the time, so I can go whenever, right? You know, I'm usually not like a holiday spirit type person until like the holiday gets there. So like nowadays, it just feels like it's December. It doesn't feel like it's like the lead up to Christmas. You know, the only thing that's snowing. Well, it's not snowing. It's just like as I get older, it doesn't feel like I don't have Santa Claus to look forward to or anything like that. So it just doesn't feel the same. Like nowadays, nowadays it's me balancing my my finances so I can buy presents. (laughs) That's what it is. It's about giving, Chris. It's about giving. You know, yeah, I had kids. I enjoyed watching them grow up. It's like, I, I, I got to get in the spirit. Yeah, it's like, like me trying to. Idea. I did that magic of lights thing around there. Yeah, I'm doing everything I can to try to get in the Christmas spirit, man. But it's like, like Grinch, Rebbe's are screwed. It's like, you know, I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for it to hit me. Maybe it's because I'm in shorts still. I always am, but it's warm. Yeah. Maybe I need snow. Maybe I need something to get me in the spirit. <laughs> that's, how, that's how my girlfriend is. She watches, uh, I don't know how many listeners do this, but I assume not very many if they're listening to us, but there's a lot. My girlfriend does this where she watches like all those terrible, cheesy Netflix holiday movies, like the the Princess Switch. And, or Hallmark. Or yeah, like Snowbound for Christmas. She was watching that this weekend. She watches stuff like that, like the really bad Christmas, like romance, like the rom-com yeah. movies. Yeah. She watches those. She'll like sit there and marathon. I told her she should like make a blog of these things, but that's what she does to like get into the the Christmas spirit, if you will. We'll figure it out, Chris. We'll we'll try to get into that spirit at some point. Um, I need to. Like I need to, man. I'm I'm trying to, and I'm trying to get in spirit. I like Christmas. Christmas is fun. Like National Day is is fun. Thanksgiving's fun. I, I like all this stuff. So don't get me wrong. It's not there. I just need to get in the spirit. You know what I'm saying? This is like. Get me in the jolly spirit. Maybe 12 inches of snow would do that for me. I'm just waiting for it to get warm again. That's what I'm waiting for. Uh, it already is, man. <laughs> I'm just waiting consistently because 
we all know it's going to get cold. We know it's going to snow. I'm waiting for it to get to like April. We start getting some consistent 60s, and, and all of a sudden now we can start talking about baseball and warm weather things. Well, we could do that, or else we can start the show talking about COVID. Like, that's the last thing I want to talk about. Yeah, it is the last thing I want to talk about. I, I'm tired of it. Um, I like talking about the games. You know, I don't mind talking about injuries, when someone coming back. Remember that was a hot story? When's he coming back? Well, Chris Jones on the COVID list today. And that was the big shock today. It was Josh Gordon yesterday. And again, again, the way the rules are, if you're close contact and you've been vaccinated, you're good to go. If you haven't been vaccinated, you're close contact, you're at least five days. But if you've tested positive, that's the one thing. There's, there's testing positive and there's protocols. And the protocols are different. You might see people wearing masks and everything now uh, since Thanksgiving. The NFL made people do that uh, for at least two weeks after Thanksgiving. But if you test positive, you're allowed at least out 10 days, and you got to go through all the tests. But if you haven't, you need two tests 24 hours apart. So time's at a premium. Like, time's at a premium to get Chris Jones out there. And you know what? Mahomes got this, this jet deal. You know, just have one ready for him. <laughs> the Chiefs, I'm sure. Would, would oh, have. he's got a new jet deal now? Well, yeah, he's, he's got these jets. I mean, they, they, <laughs> he's got I forgot what the jets. company's called. Yeah, but he's, <laughs> they, we can borrow them and stuff. And wheels up, or it's not wheels up, it's something like that. I don't know. It's, you know what I'm saying? Chris, I don't live in that world, man. I mean, I don't either. I, I didn't I hear about coach, this new. man. That's, that's, that's this is new to me. <laughs> well, he's, Mahomes he's, has got a jet well, sponsorship he, deal he, now. He had to put one there for, for Snead to get back to, uh, to Louisiana when he had to get back to Louisiana. But regardless... Chris Jones and the protocols now, there was like 28 guys in the NFL today that are on the list. There was 37 that went either protocols or test positive yesterday, 28 today. And regardless, it's a record from any month, even last year, how many players now are sitting out there and just trying to test positive. And it's becoming this, this thing, Chris, where it's like, I even talked to Carrington about it. He's walking out. I was like, man, my head's spinning, man. By the way, Keenan Allen coming back off COVID list. For the Chargers and the big news yesterday, they lost their left tackle later to COVID protocols, whether he plays or not. I think this goes in, Chris, so much advantage and disadvantage for teams. First of all, playing on Thursday night really hurts teams because right now is like the worst time for this in the NFL. If you don't believe me, Odell Beckham and seven Rams are on the list today. They shut down their facility, doing things online. Eight Cleveland Browns that are fighting for a playoff spot play the Raiders this weekend. Eight. Browns on the COVID list today as well. And I feel like I'm back to where I was last year where you're crossing your fingers. Because I even said this yesterday when Josh Gordon went on the list. I said, who's going on there tomorrow? And I'm going to say the same thing tomorrow, and I'm going to say the same thing the next day. Because nothing is certain because of this. All all certainty goes out the window when it comes to this. And I can't even imagine what coaches think. Because losing Rashawn Slater for the Chargers, that's a big deal, their left tackle. Stud rookie. Losing Chris Jones... Arguably a defensive player of the year candidate. Losing him for the way this defense is playing lately. I mean, keeping four out of five teams lately under 10 points. I mean, this is stuff the 2014 Seahawks with the Legion of Boom doing for the last time in the NFL. But it's like, how do you plan for it, man? Because those are big injuries losing. Look at Cleveland, man. Their offensive line decimated with this. And even Jarvis Landry and stuff. Then you say, okay, when's Mayfield get a test? Because all these guys hang out together. They go to meetings together and everything else. And if they're vaccinated, they just go and hang out. But it's becoming, like, so difficult to follow. Like, I, I miss the days of just us following the knee injuries, the toe injuries. Is he going to play or not? Did not practice. Limited practice. Full participant. 
Snead, the only do not did not participate for the Chiefs. Uh, Tyron Matthew, of course, yesterday, uh, non-injury report for uh, personal reasons. Full participant today. All the rest of the Chiefs are full participants. The uh, Chargers have a list of about 10 uh, non-participants. By the way, I did mention Keenan Allen's back. Of course, Chris Harris, Mike Williams dealt with this. They played last weekend. Again, Chris, it, it's strategy. What goes on? And we're now starting to see superstars in the National Football League go down with this. And, like, the NFL's got a bad, bad, bad problem now because now, and even other leagues too. I mean, Chicago Bulls, what, they have 10 guys out last night? Ten. Yeah, I, that was like eight, I think. It yeah, was eight, eight or nine, I think. Eight or nine out of a 14-man roster. I mean, it was just the whole team's gone. Tim Anderson volunteered to go play for him last night. I mean, the whole team's gone. In the NFL, you know, last year, they get, you know, to their credit, they got all 256 games played. Not in the bubble. Everybody else, you know, the Major League Baseball didn't have fans. NBA played in the bubble. NHL played in controlled environments. The NFL didn't, you know, but they got all 256 games in. 272 games now with the 17-game slate for NFL teams. And they've done a good job to this point, but now it's becoming <laughs> this problem where now teams are losing seven, eight guys off 53-man rosters. And I know they have the expanded practice squads of 16, hoping it goes. But now we're talking about teams losing a spot in the playoffs. I mean, this is for the AFC West Thursday night with the Chiefs and Chargers. And other teams like the Browns just trying to scrape through, get in. And we don't know about the Colts or Patriots yet. They have a big game on Saturday, but... Again, both of them playoff teams at this point. But now you're starting to see the strategy really come into hand. Now's where you see maybe teams having a quarterback getting put bubble, bubble wrap somewhere so you don't have a situation like the Broncos did last year, having a wide receiver start a quarterback. I, I think the, the interesting thing about what we could see is like now you got new variants popping up, like the, the Omicron one that's popping up now. It's starting to become the, the dominant one throughout the country. I, I really feel like we might be dealing with this for a little while now, and it might be something that teams have to take into account, at least for the well, next year you have to year now because it's, it's part of the rules. You have to yeah, like you have to now, I hate talking about like, this stuff, too. We Trust thought me. a year ago that we might be done with this at some point within the next year, and yet now you've got uh, this huge rash, in not just in the NFL, but in sports in general. Like you just said with the Bulls yesterday. We, you know, Before we got on the show, James Harden is in, was in, entered into COVID protocols. Jalen so, Ramsey, the Rams yeah. won a game, didn't have Jalen Ramsey play last night. Exactly. Still got to win. And so, and like, today they lose Beckham and six others. And, and so you're thinking, like, you know, what happens if more players on the Chiefs start testing positive now? What happens if, because we know that these defensive linemen hang out together, guys on defense hang out together. What happens if other defensive linemen for the Chiefs test positive? 816, did you say Chris Jones is on the COVID list? He's on the protocol. He's on the list. We don't yes. know vaccination status or all that. You can guess all that. I mean, it's his own personal thing. I don't know. I would assume he is because if you're close contact, he still go on. But, again, a lot of these guys, it didn't matter vaccinated or not. They're still testing positive. They just have to. And so I'm not going to get into the science of the whole thing, but yeah. you have to have two tests 24 hours apart yeah. that, are, that are negative. And so we're waiting and you just wait on the next name. Yeah. Like I hate my phone because I have like Rappaport and Schefter and these guys, yeah, you know, it's alerts like text I got messages. notifications. Yeah. And when I see tough. those damn things, I'm like, crap, man, just please don't say chiefs. But that's what it was today with Chris Jones. Yes. Cause it was like major news and a major blow. I mean, even the way this team is playing, it's like, Damn, are you kidding me? It's an important game Thursday night. Even with Josh, when Josh Gordon came out yesterday, it's like, well, he can't be the only one, can he? 
because like the Chiefs didn't have a huge COVID problem last year. You did have some players that tested positive and went into the protocol, but it, they didn't have a, a huge rash of of players testing positive. They didn't have a bunch of games on their part that got pushed pat pushed back. But it's like now you're starting to wonder what happens if games start getting affected by this because uh, you wonder if more players start testing positive, do they consider moving the Thursday game? And they don't back? want to. Remember the whole, they the whole stance? To. We're not going to. They, they don't even want said, to. But they have the a cause buffer. of it. You take an L. Yeah, but they have the NFL, a. Because uh, conferences said this but too. No, they the said Pac-12 they, did move games around. They did say that they would be willing to move games around up to a certain point. And then they just cancel them. Yeah, and then they cancel them. So because it's a Thursday night game, I wonder how malleable that time's going to be. Obviously, like Fox and is going to be a little pissed not getting that game, but maybe they, you know, you, you know, we we see what happens with like CBS, where the Chiefs Patriots game last year would have been a Sunday game, got pushed to early Monday, late Monday afternoon. The, the day after it was supposed to happen, but CBS still got it, and the ratings actually beat Monday Night Football that night. I kind of wonder what may happen maybe if you have a, a huge rash of players on one team, you know, start to have this passed around. What if they decide to push this game back uh, uh, by a day or two? Maybe they push it to Saturday and kind of beef well, up that yeah, Saturday. They could do that. NFL Tet Network's Tom Pelissero reported uh, a while back, this back in July, that uh, – the NFL sent out a memo to all its clubs stating if a game cannot be rescheduled during the 18-week schedule. So that's still within the 18-week schedule. Yeah, and, and it could it's still... It's not like moving games to Tuesday, exactly. Wednesday, or Thursday. Like so you, could, you could do it, because since it's Thursday, you could pretty much do it all throughout the weekend. The team with the outbreak would forfeit. But now you're dealing with teams with both with outbreaks. So. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, like, it, it's a question of... Then it becomes, of, like, who's got more on the list or not? It, exactly. And that's the reason why, because, you know, Rashawn Slater... Left tackle for the uh, for the Chargers just tested positive. I think yesterday. Yeah. So you you kind of wonder now what happens if which means that they're an advantage because it's one more day that he can get back. Exactly. So it's like now the question is what happens if more players test positive and if more players test positive. If you're the NFL, I think you got to look at potentially pushing this game back. We'll see what they do. I mean, I don't know, but this is a problem around the National Football League. Like the NFL actually has a problem at this point because now. Now the playoffs will be affected by this. They will. Like, playoff race will. Because these teams are all important for these teams. Yeah. I mean, some of these teams have cupcake and then, like, one tough game running. Like the Bills. Take the Bills, for example. They have a cupcake schedule for one game, the Patriots. Like, that's the one you want to see. And people want to watch Thursday night. They want to see, you know, Herbert versus Mahomes. That's what they want to see. And now you have two, well, main key cogs of this game and Chris Jones and Rashawn Slater at this point not playing. But it was kind of a surprise today. Um with the Kansas City Chiefs, I don't know about you, but you know when, when you find out Jones or, or when Andy Reid comes out and says this, the guys that won't practice uh, today, Chris Jones um, is in the uh, the COVID protocol for right now, and then uh, Legarius Sneed um, is. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. On his way back uh, to town here. Like, how would you... <laughs> like, how was he going to deliver that information? He was like, kind of he was oh, kind of trying to... And everybody's like, uh, He led with what? the bad news and then tried to go to the good news. The protocol. <laughs> The protocols began. The, yeah, as soon as people heard the c- coming out of his mouth, I was like, oh no, not COVID. That's exactly Dude, I'm what I'm telling you. I, I'm like, like seriously, man. I'm like to the, like I was really enjoying these games in college getting played. Like last year, you know, you had games being canceled on a Wednesday or a Thursday, or you had teams like Kansas State still playing the games even though they were below the threshold uh, of what they needed the 50 men to to play and. We saw these games get moved. Remember these games got moved at Nas. Remember the Steelers when they ended up playing on what was it, Tuesday night or Wednesday night? It was like a Wednesday. Yeah, you're not going to see that getting so close to the playoffs at this point. Yeah. But uh, it got to the point where conference just said, hey, if you can't play a game, you take the L. And that's what the NFL did too. You take the L unless now they have this problem where both teams have the issue. We'll see what happens. But uh, you just cross your – uh, back to crossing the fingers, man. You cross your fingers uh, for the – last year you are crossing your own fingers too. To, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Two, two yeah. you know how it was. I mean, you're around somebody, whatever, you're out 10 days. Anyway, regardless, this December 2021, I thought we were going to move past it. For the whole season, has been smooth until now. And now it's legitimately a major problem. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, one of the Chiefs that did speak today about this Chargers game coming up Thursday night. It is the most important game for the Chiefs this year. I know you've heard that term a lot this year. This really is the most important game for the Chiefs. We'll go out to L.A. and tell, talk to Gilbert Manzano. Uh, for the Orange County Register, I'd like to talk to him about the Chargers. How are they viewing this game? How excited are they? And, well, the COVID problems that they have at this point, I'm sure, will come up too. And we'll talk to Ron Kopp, Arrowhead Pride, later as we look to this Thursday night game. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. And welcome back to Big Night. About to head out to L.A. coming up about 6.30, 4.30 L.A. time. Talk to Gilbert Manzano of the uh, Orange County Register. I bring him on to talk Chargers. It's like this, Chris. You get your guys in different places and you start trusting them. Like CDOT's got his guys, right? And fortunately, we have, we have the same guy in our Vegas guy, Chicago Branson for the Raiders, who's, by the way, in his fields, man. In his feels after what happened. Oh, that had to hurt, man. Oh, dude. I mean, he wasn't happy about this, the stomping on the, the logo because he's kind of like K.J. Wright yeah. for the Raiders who said, why do we want to give them that? Like, why do we want to do that to them? Like, why do we want to poke the bear? Like, some guys saw it as poking the bear because they just understand that, quote, unwritten rules. I guess you could throw that unwritten rules. There's things you don't do. Like, you don't do it in certain things in baseball games. You don't do certain things in football games. 
It wasn't even just that, but like the fact that it was like a lot of the Chiefs players didn't even know that they had stomped on the logo, but they were still pissed about the the victory lap around Arrowhead from a year ago. Like that's how you know that this Chiefs team got a little petty in them. The fact that they were still thinking about that victory Good. lap. That was two. That was two wins ago. You know what? I'd been and pissed they about it too. Still were pissed about that victory lap. I love that uh, about this Chiefs team. It was that last trip around Arrowhead. I'm just I'm just upset that it was an afternoon game because I would have loved to flip on those. Uh, Magic, well, flip off the bus, whatever you want, but the magic lights <laughs> around Arrowhead Stadium. At least they could say we went and visited it, right? Yeah, it, it, I mean, this, it, it was still cool that, you know, I mean, I still hate, I still do not like the, the noon Chiefs games because it means I have to miss the noon kickoff for Red Zone. The wheels on the bus go round and round. And you were saying? I was pretty disrespectful, man. They disrespect. They, yeah, the Chiefs played the song on their way out. I know the they did. wheels on the bus go you know what though they deserved it. And yeah, I don't, know, I don't know if they didn't do that logo stomp. If the Chiefs, yeah, they, they would have done it anyways. Maybe they'd have done it anyways because they, they, the Chiefs had used that as motivation all week. So that would have that would have been the motivation to play it anyway. And then the Raiders gave him other motivation. I know exactly. certain players said, "Well, I just found out." Those players were all on Twitter, man, hitting up that oh, video after, of the yeah, stomp. Yeah, once they found out, yeah, they was talking. I about I think they it. knew about it before. Because how, how does, some how does something did. like? But yeah, but how does that something like? See, someone's seen it from the equipment staff or somebody. Hey, guess what the Raiders are doing yeah they hear those and you know what use those if you're the coach use those things hey they came in and stomped our logo i would use anything i could oh yeah i mean you know i i guarantee you next year you might see some other retaliation in that regard but that's what makes the raiders fun the rivalry you know jan stenerud was on with mitch last night on chief's kingdom and you know, he's talking about that story. Like Mike Garrett's told me and, and Bobby Bell that the Raiders, you know, because the Super Bowl used to be just one week after the. the yeah, uh, yeah, there used to be. Not, well, the not AFL, a, the AFC title game. Exactly. And yeah. the Raiders already packed to go to the Super Bowl, right? And they didn't get to go because the Chiefs beat them. Like, that's the, like, that stuff there, the stomping on the low, that's rivalry stuff, man. Like, the Broncos aren't doing that crap. Yeah. Like, that's the Raiders, man. That's just yeah. what they do. So, that's why it's always remained, Chris. I know you're a Kansas City guy, so am I. But to me, growing up, Maybe I bought into what Marty was selling. Maybe I bought into that. <laughs> F the Raiders? Yes. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, I, I did because Marty made it like all of us, man. We all listened to Marty. Marty says, hate the Raiders. Okay. I already hated him anyway, but you hear those stories from like Mike Garrett and, and Jan about just Lynn Dawson and Bobby Bell about just this dislike for the Raiders, man. Yeah, they, they definitely pushed the culture up. And, you know, for a long time, like, you know, the, during the Pioli years, you it kind of subsided a bit because he didn't really push the same culture that we had when, when Marty and Carl Peterson think, were here. I think whatnot. Reed does to an extent. I mean, he's not going to, it's probably not like Marty where you clear the uh, whiteboard and you put Raiders week on it. Like, yeah, right, you the don't put F the Raider signs all over the, all over well, the locker he's room. Been and F facilities. This division. He's 34 and six. This is division since 2015. If that's not F the division and flipping them off, what is? Yeah. I mean, Results wise, yeah, but I think he probably should pay property tax. I, I do think that behind closed doors, he emphasizes dominating the division. I do think that is something that he 100%. emphasizes. Always has time. been that way. Because when he was with the and Eagles, you know what? He's it was the same the way. NFC East, they go over to the Chiefs. Exactly. <laughs> like when, he was, when he was with the, in, in the NFC East, the, the Eagles dominated for years. And it's what he did with this whole NFC East this year because the Chiefs were yeah. undefeated against him. Exactly. He, he paid them all back. And I just, I just feel like it's something that he doesn't want out in the open, but I think he does kind of push that F the whatever team they're playing in their division that, you know, during that year. He's always having that without actually saying it. 
Without the talking heads, you know, like Colin and Shannon Sharp, which, by the way, he's on public enemy list number one now. He's a said he's off the bandwagon, right? And this was after the Raider, the the uh, Broncos went. There's a whole monologue he had about being off the bandwagon. Okay, but we'll get back on that. Because he was high on the Chiefs, talking good things about him. Yeah. Then he jumped off the bandwagon when they're winning in the middle of winning streak. He's like, what are you doing, man? Like, don't get back on now. This is not a refundable ticket, man. Once you hop off, you're off. And then when you, you feel? leave the stadium, you can't get back in. No. Would you let him back on? No. I'm mean, just shut that door and say, no, no, Shannon, you can't get back on here. It'd be different. Like Ryan Clark, you try. No. Yeah. Like he get your you ass know, off he, his bus. Yeah. Like if you did it like when they were three and four and, but you got back on when they were, when they were, when they were winning yeah. again, but you jumped off in the middle of them winning. Like, you can't just do that and make any sense. Yeah. If they're on a win streak, you're like, yeah, this team's not that good. No, yeah. I, no, you can't be, can't, you can't jump back on the bandwagon. I think a lot of times it's taking the finger, sticking it out and see, licking it, see which way the wind's blowing. Yeah, see where the wind's blowing. And that's yeah. okay. That's, that's my, that's my, uh, that's my take. It's my take for the day. But the Chiefs have dealt with this, right? There's no other quarterbacks are broken, even though we've seen a ton of quarterbacks struggle in this league. Nobody's broken but Mahomes. Yep, not not Josh Allen, even no, though it. they've been losing no. all these damn games. Is it Lamar Jackson? <laughs> not no, Lamar Jackson. Well, he actually might be physically broken. Well, I, yeah, it's a, it's a lower ankle sprain. Yeah, no, it's a I lower think ankle sprain. Good for him, yeah, not yeah. a ankle sprain. Yeah. But they're going backwards. We'll talk plenty in this division because there's there's some teams making that that statement to move forward, and many of them moving back. I like Good Morning Football yesterday. They were having a little discussion. I'll play that for some of it for you. I was glad Kyle Brandt that comes on, you know, here obviously with Cody and Gold and with Fesco in the morning. And I enjoyed it because he even threw it out there. He's like, did they even go away? Because that was my big thing about when the Chiefs, like, are they back? They back, they back. They're like, oh, they didn't go anywhere. They still practice at one arrowhead drive. They still play out there. I think they just uh, woke up. A little hibernation, a little slump. It's okay to be in a slump. You can be in a slump, right? You yeah. can be in a slump as long as you finish out strong. It's Mike Trout, who cares if he goes over 10 in the middle of July? Just don't start the season like that because that's when people notice. I just think that the 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 big issue is that because the Chiefs have been so great for so long and de- kind of defied what the NFL is about, that as soon as there is a slump, oh, that's the end. Because we're used to it being the end for most other teams. Yeah. We're not used to teams doing like what the Patriots have been doing. No. And because of that... People are looking at the Chiefs and like, oh, well, they're starting to regress back to the mean. Well, they want them to because it gives them a storyline. Well, yeah, it's a storyline. It's always good. See, for for a lot of people, they enjoy seeing greatness decline. Yeah, they, they look, everybody in society, man. Yeah. Tiger Woods fall. They loved it, man. Oh, yeah, I was getting players loved the notifications about his, his fall whole from thing. grace. Yeah. You know, being this Heisman winner, Tebow's fall. I mean, they love it, man. Yeah. They eat it up. When you fall, they like it. Yeah, it's it's always entertaining because there's a lot of people that hate that greatness. If it bleeds, so, it leads. Exactly. And so they enjoy when that greatness starts to leak away and 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 disappear. Yeah. So I ultimately there are going to be people that are just waiting to dance on the, the graves of oh, the Chiefs. 100%. When they finally at some point regress back to the mean. But I feel like just like what happened with the Patriots many years ago where, you know, 10 years ago, everybody's prognosticating the Patriots downfall. And then after that, they win three more Super Bowls. I kind of feel like that's the, the situation with the Chiefs. Yeah, Tom Brady was washed in uh, 14 yeah. when the Chiefs beat the hell out of him. He was right washed before that in 2018. He was washed. Yeah, 29, oh, it was 2019. Yeah, he, he was, was washed, washed in, and he was washed earlier last year with the Bucs, remember? Yep. Yeah, when he, he lost forgot, the game in Chicago, he forgot, down, it was, he forgot it was fourth down. Threw a down. pick in the final two minutes the he week before washed. against the Rams. Seven and five after the Chiefs been washed. He's done. Mm-hmm. He just keeps winning Super Bowls. But I, I like I said, man, Nick Saban talks about that rat poison. 
I think hearing how good you are is more deadly than people saying how bad you are because that just motivates you. What's going on with the Chargers right now? How much are they looking forward to this game with the Chiefs? Can they beat the Chiefs? Talk to a guy that keeps it pretty real, Gilbert Manzano, Orange County Register, out in L.A. next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. And welcome back. Huge game Thursday night. Chiefs Chargers. I know you guys are excited about it. Like I said, I my phone, man, get me off the Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport tweets because they're they're never good this time of year. Just just keep them away from me. No Chiefs news over no, the next no. few days unless it's good news. And one guy that I am following, because uh, I get like to get notifications from him, is Gilbert Manzano, who uh, covers the Chargers, NFL, and boxing as well. Orange County Register where you can find his great work, joins me as he does when the Chiefs play the Chargers. Gilbert, good evening. Hey, how's it going? Good to be back on the show for another uh, Chargers-Chiefs matchup. Man, you know what? We've had some uh, interesting ones, Gilbert, through the years, but uh, none of them is as interesting as Thursday night. It should be a great game, but then all of a sudden COVID rears its ugly head with Rashawn Slater. It looks like good news for the Chargers and Keenan Allen's back. But the Chiefs take a couple blows with Josh Gordon yesterday and today with Chris Jones. Well, we're still waiting to see if they're going to play or not. A lot like Rashawn Slater, that's my first question to you. The starting left tackle, is he scheduled to play at this point or are you kind of in the dark on it? Uh, they're, you know, they're trying to give some kind of hope, some chance you know, with that. You know, yesterday, Brandon Staley said, you know, he technically has a chance, so you know I'll leave it at that. And today, the OC Joe Lombardi was kind of saying like, "What did what did Brandon say?" Let's talk to that. <laughs> and it kind of was like, you know what? Forget about it. He's not going to be there. Uh, why are we kind of playing this secret game when we all know that the obvious? So uh, it's going to be probably Trey Pipkins, uh, you know, a third round pick in 2019, kind of a project pick for the Chargers, who hasn't really developed in the last two years. Uh, he was drafted by the previous coaching regime. And with the new staff with Brandon Staley, he kind of fell out of the rotation. Uh, he couldn't be the extra block blocker uh, for max protection. He couldn't be the swing tackle. And he was inactive for four games. And now all of a sudden they need him because of lack of depth. Uh, they have injuries to Brian Bulaga, uh, Odia Bushi. Uh, you know, they're going to be out. They're going to be playing three backups out there. And the last time they did that on the offensive line was against the Denver Broncos. And it was a pretty bad day for the offense. So, you know, they could do when Rashawn's in there and Corey Lindsay the center, but when you miss one of those guys, it really hurts your chances for the offense. Gilbert, I know you covered the NFL as well as uh, the Chargers inside and out uh, with that team, but, you know, it, it's getting to that point now, Gilbert, every time. I mean, last night it was the Bulls missing, what, 10 guys? Uh, they had to cancel the game in the NBA. And then, of course, you know, you got stars like Chris Jones for the Chiefs and Rashawn Slater for the Chargers, and now – what, seven Rams on the list, including Odell Beckham. The uh, Browns were hit eight pl- eight times. I mean, for this is actually becoming a big deal in the NFL now because teams, <laughs> you know, those are seven or eight guys, and these teams have time to recover. They have time for these guys to take two tests 24 hours apart where the Chiefs and Chargers don't. Doesn't this kind of just seem just kind of one of those weird deals where you cross your fingers and hope nothing else happens the next two days? Yeah, you know, like today, like, they got good news that – Keenan Allen is going to be activated or the 53-man roster. But the bigger news might be that nobody else got thrown into the COVID list. We feel, it seems like every single day somebody's going on that COVID list. So after Rashawn Slater, you know, played on Sunday and probably with the virus and nobody else tested positive or nobody else in close contact was kind of a, 
you know, a, a miracle lucky break for the Chargers. So they get King Allen back, but they also didn't throw anybody on the COVID list after the Rashawn Slater scare. Uh, you know, with the Chargers, you know, they've, they've gotten kind of a sort of an outbreak the last month, but nothing kind of crazy. It's always like a player here, a player there. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Joey Bosa was a, a, a close contact, but he ended up playing. Uh, so for the most part, the Chargers have kind of been okay there. Like when you talk about the Rams, that's pretty bad. So, uh, yeah, they are feeling it. Everybody in the NFL is feeling it, but they have nobody going that list. And get back to your star players. That was a big day for the Chargers. Uh, you know, on Tuesday, we'll see things can change quickly. Uh, on Wednesday and Thursday, because we saw yesterday with the Rams, they found out on game time, uh, three hours before the game, that Jalen Rams is going to be out. So yeah. things are always changing. So every day you're kind of thinking, okay, what's going to happen today? Well, it's interesting, you know, Gilbert, correct me if I'm wrong, um, but uh, I knew that before the season, oh, actually in September, They'd come out, the NFL did, and I remember, you know, the kind of the protocols. They said if you'd been vaccinated, uh, if you're close contact, nothing happens to you, like nothing at all. It's only if you're unvaccinated, you do have to wait the five days for close contact. But the way I understand if you're close contact, there's nothing. And if you are testing positive, it's what, two tests within 24 hours apart is the rules. Is that is that correct? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's different uh, circumstances for vaccinated, unvaccinated, but Kind of the biggest difference is uh, if you're vaccinated and you're deemed a close contact, you don't have to sit out the five days. You're good. You're a close. Yeah, you're contact, good to go. But, uh, you need to go on the COVID list. So it's kind of it's kind of this weird kind of game where we're trying to figure out who's vaccinated and who's not. So when you see a player go on the COVID list and and they are deemed a close contact, that tells you right away they're unvaccinated. So you start kind of doing the pieces. We have to do like a chart now: who's vaccinated, oh, who's not vaccinated. I, I hate it, man. I hate it. Uh, yeah, so it's weird times in the NFL. So, yeah, you got, you got the protocols right, but that's kind of the biggest difference for the vaccinated on vaccinated. Gilbert, I hate this. I talked about this today is, uh, you know, you're sitting here. I do the post games. You're talking about, all right, this guy's got an ankle injury. And he, like, I miss those days when it was just that. Like, are they going to play or not? <laughs> yeah. And by the way, Adam Schefter, I mentioned I get these, uh, you know, updates uh, all the time. And how about this? 75 player positives mm-hmm. the past two days. Think about that. Personal. Think about that. 75 player positives in the last two days. Now, I don't know what the NFL is going to do, but this this is a major problem on their plate. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, last year it was crazy when they were kind of shuffling games, uh, canceling games, and you had these weird Wednesday games and Tuesday games. Yeah. So far they haven't had that this year, and maybe it helps that people are vaccinated and you don't have to do that. But it just seems like the NFL is going to do everything possible, and they kind of made their life harder this year by having that extra game this year. Uh, it would have been easier. Yeah, oh, yeah. But good point. So far, so, yeah, so far, so good. Uh, but it, it just feels like the NFL is going to do everything possible to keep everything on track. But the way we're headed right now, yeah. you never know. You're seeing it you're seeing in the NBA right now. Games are being postponed, so we'll see yeah. what happens down the line. But yeah. uh, to get this far, it's, it's, been, it's been okay, but we all kind of assume once it got cold out there, you're going to see uh, these COVID spikes. Yeah, let these uh, these big-time quarterbacks get it and see what happens with the NFL. Because okay. All right, enough, enough of that stuff, Gilbert. Let's look at the Chiefs <laughs> and the Chargers. Yeah. I mean, the actual yeah. game that's going to be played. We hope it's going to be played on Thursday. It can cross your fingers, though, yeah. it shows up on the list. that the, This list that we're talking about, and we should be talking about a football game. Gilbert, what's kind of the attitude of the Chargers? Obviously, the Chiefs were going through it a little bit there. When the Chargers were here, the Chiefs had a major turnover problem and drop problem. Now, that's been fixed because last three games, no no team has scored more than nine points against them. And you look at this average, and the Chiefs' defense has been incredibly good. Four of the last five games, under 10 points a game. That's 2014 Seahawks-type stuff. Is there any talk like, hey, 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. man, the Chiefs defense is much different. They're now even on turnover ratio, and they didn't drop the ball against the Raiders, even though that, that Mahomes was the most dropped quarterback all season long going into that game. But what's kind of the attitude looking at the Chiefs right now? Yeah, no, that's kind of the, the, one of the, the most asked questions. Like, uh, how different is this defense? We're watching the film. What, what kind of stands out about the defense and no, this team is creating turnovers. They're flying around fast, and they're getting a boost from former Charger uh, Melvin Ingram. Oh, they love Melvin, man! So going from going from the Chargers to the Steelers and not to the Chiefs, you know, it's kind of found a home there uh, real quickly with the, with the with Casey, as you guys know, giving that boost and the energy. Uh, he he was kind of like the heart and soul for the Chargers for many years, so it's going to be kind of a unique uh, point of view. But yeah, and even that first game against the, against the Chiefs. Uh, the Chargers had to be an on point, a, a perfect game plan where uh, they forced Mahomes into four turnovers, and they got their breaks there. They got risky with the fourth down, so uh, that game in Arrowhead, everything had to go their way, you know, in terms of scripting the game they wanted to, and it worked out. So who knows? Maybe the Chiefs team is now much better than that team. So for them to come over here to SoFi, and they have no Rashawn Slater, uh, you know, it could be some issues there. But I'm just intrigued for the matchup. You guys mentioned the quarterback. We got Justin Herbert against Patrick Mahomes, round three, pretty much. Uh, those guys always go at it, and it's been a, a unique thing. But they are over here talking about how different they are in, in facing that defense because they were pretty good in week three. I know that's kind of their ups and downs to start the year, but they had to be f- perfect, and now they're, they're a better defense uh, coming to play tonight. The, the ramifications are this. I mean, the Chiefs have owned this division five straight years. Um, things could flip, though. The Chargers, uh, I think they have a very winnable schedule going forward after the Chiefs, to be honest with you. But, you know, I mean, the Chiefs did turn the ball over four times. I did I, I did comment because we've seen teams that beat the Chiefs, a lot of them celebrating stuff like the Bills and the Ravens did this year. Like, the Chargers didn't. Like, the Chargers were all about business. You know, they won the game <laughs> yeah. against the Chiefs. They got back on the bus. They got on the plane and they because they knew they were going to face the Chiefs again. They weren't like the Raiders that go stomp on the logo exactly. before the game. They had a little bit of respect for it because they knew they'd see the Chiefs again which I think goes to the coaching and the players that are on that team as well. But, I mean, just Brendan Staley's first year, second-year quarterback in Justin Herbert, and literally Thursday night, 
boom, they're the front runner that could easily win this division. Yeah, no, but since Brandon said they got hired, he's trying to change the culture from the lack of winning to even he's even acknowledging things about them being cursed and losing one score games. He's saying, hey, if, if that's kind of been the habit here, let me go and change that around. Let's start winning some close games. And Brandon Staley's kind of mindset has been like, it's, it's been, you know what? This team always loses one score games. It's fine if we, if we play in the one score games. They've been doing that uh, this year. They're getting to a point now where they're protecting leads. They usually kind of struggle with having double digit leads. So everything that you want to see from a new coaching regime with Brandon Staley has been panning out. And you're right, too. Uh, that, that week three victory in Airhead Stadium, we asked Erwin James, did you guys make a statement here today? He said, no way. We see what the Chiefs could do. They won a division five, five years in a row. We get to play them again on Thursday night. We have no right to talk. And obviously, Derwin James, you know, he, he knows the situation. But that stands for Brandon Staley as well. You know, you got to prove it. They're like, you know, it's a kind of like a long-term plan for Brandon Staley. He, he's dealing with all the miscues of years past, dealing with them at different situations in time. Like I mentioned, the one-score games, uh, you know, blowing leagues, they've kind of fixed that. But now you got to get used to December football and playing in these big-time games. And it started in that Cincinnati game. Uh, it got to the point where we're thinking, okay, the Chargers might be out of the playoff mix. They're six and five. Yeah. Maybe we're not the team. They're not the team we thought they're going to be. They go into Cincinnati, jump twenty-four to zero. You know, they did lose kind of the lead on that one, but they shut them out in the fourth quarter. And ever since that fourth quarter, just kind of been a different team. And yeah, it helps to play the Giants at home. But uh, it's setting up pretty nicely for the Chargers because they're actually going to host their first Thursday night home game since twenty sixteen. Uh, they've usually been on the road for these games. They didn't have to travel for this game because they were playing the Giants at home. So, yeah, you, you lose Rashawn Slater, but uh, you rescue your starters half of that game. You're playing at home. You're feeling good. And uh, we'll see what happens Thursday night. Well, the way this week's going, it's it's good that they're staying at home. I mean, it's a major advantage, to be honest with you, I think, that the, the fact that they are staying home on this game. And there was a question, Marks, about Herbert before the season. Gilbert, we're talking to Gilbert Manzano, Orange County Register, covers the Chargers. And, you know, coming in this year, you know, I was a little bit skeptical. You know, Brendan Staley, one-year defensive coordinator, uh, taking over Justin Herbert's second-year quarterback. The quarterback-coach combination is so important. But, you know, Herbert didn't face, you know, a lot of crowds last year. It was limited participation with the crowds, 20% or no fans at all. How would he respond to full stadiums, you know, booing him against him where he couldn't audible at will? Steve Spagnola yesterday, he called him elite. He said there's elite quarterbacks in the league, and he's elite. And the Chiefs had nothing but respect for Justin Herbert, and obviously we saw that 65-yard pass through the air. So I'll ask you, Gilbert, are we seeing a new elite quarterback in the AFC West? You know, it's getting close to, it, close to that, and I'm not ready to call him elite just yet just because, you know, he, he needs that one step of when he's playing like these defensive mastermind gurus and, you know, who have, you know, complicated schemes that disguise it and make you guess if it's coming a blitz or in a drop back in coverage. That's the final step because he, he played the Baltimore Ravens this year. That didn't go too well. He played the Patriots. It didn't go too well. He played the Broncos and Vic Fangio. That didn't go too well. So when he's kind of playing teams that don't have those kind of gurus on defense, yeah. he's, he's lights out. He makes you pay. And I'm not trying to take a lot, uh, something away from, from Justin Herbert. He's going to get there. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much <laughs> guaranteeing he's going to get to the elite status. But I think it's still a little early for that. He has all the physical gifts in the world. Uh, it, it might be to the point he might have maybe a little more physical talent than, than Patrick Mahomes. And that's saying a lot. Those two guys are neck and neck. Uh, but, but Mahomes has done it for a few years now, week in, every week out. Uh, won a Super Bowl, won an MVP. So I think maybe he's on the cusp of that. 
maybe he's already approaching top five. I think for me, top five is a league quarterback. So he kind of gets into that range where obviously it's Aaron Rodgers and, and Tom Brady and Emma Holmes and Russell Wilson and even, I think, Josh Allen to a point. Uh, but I think it's getting close there. For sure, top ten quarterback. Uh, but I guess it depends on how you define elite. But his, his teammates definitely see him as elite. Uh, Brandon Staley says he's elite. Brandon Staley is saying we're, wa- we're watching something special here. So we're watching you know, something rare with Justin Herbert. And it feels that way because that throw – you know, kind of left my head spinning. Like, how do you? How do you? Yeah, it was insane. Three, three yards in the air, got hit, threw it in stride, and it was a lot of arm strength there. So he's going to get there, and, and to get that much respect already in year two, you think yeah. about all the quarterbacks that kind of have these up and downs. You know, yeah. as first round picks, and they kind of struggle uh, to be doing it in year two and breaking so many records. Uh, he's definitely on on that path of being elite for many years to come. And final question for you, Gilbert. Uh, here, you know, you talk. Fan bases are split. Who the biggest rival is? The Raiders or the Broncos? Obviously, younger generations will say Broncos, even though the Chiefs have won twelve straight. I, I say the Raiders because it's more of a historical rival. But nobody really mentions the Chargers. I'm just curious who the Chargers are. is. It still the Raiders with them? Because I know that they're a ton of Raiders fans whenever they play in Los Angeles. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's probably the Raiders, you know, when they, when they come here to Los Angeles, they take, they take over the stadium. Uh, and it's kind of tough to say because, you know, you always hear these sneakers and jokes about the Chargers not having any fans and the small fan base and nobody's kind of worried about them. And, you know, they lose close games, they miss field goals, this and that. They, you know, you know they kind of think they with injuries every year and year, year out. But when you have Brandon Staley, you know, changing the culture, and you have Justin Herbert doing what he's doing, becoming a, an attraction for not just Chargers fans, the NFL, the NFL is talking about Justin Herbert. Uh, I think that way you start kind of becoming, they take it seriously. They, they, they treat you as a, a true rival. And I think right now the Chiefs might be thinking the Chargers are the biggest test. Yeah, maybe the Raiders beat them last year. Yeah, and, the Chargers the most the legit. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think it's going to be the Chargers when you see Herbert and Mahomes, and even even the offseason, there was kind of this kind of the sprinkles of the rivalry brewing when uh, Patrick Mahomes was on the golf course at a celebrity event. <laughs> yeah, talking about Justin Herbert, I'll see you when I believe it, kind of thing. Yeah, I think uh, he was just tired of hearing stuff. Yeah, I think he's just <laughs> yeah. tired. He's got nothing but respect for him. I think that that was just one of those those mm-hmm. moments where yeah. you know you know you get outside there and and you let it go a little bit. But Gilbert Manzano, Orange County registered, great stuff. Chargers NFL boxer reporter covers the Chargers. For the OC Register, it's good stuff, as always. Gilbert, always enjoy the conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Looking forward to Thursday night. Appreciate it, guys. There you go. Gilbert Manzano there. He said something interesting that I want to get into, like who the Chargers actually view, and does anybody actually like that team? We'll discuss that next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Nate Taylor joins Cody and Gold Tuesdays at 1 o'clock right here on 610 Sports Radio. Hey, welcome back to Big at Night. Of course, the big news of the day, Chris Jones and the COVID protocols at this point. It's really the only information we have is he's on the protocol and you cross your fingers that he can play Thursday night, although you get a test uh, po- uh, negative. Uh, two straight days, 24 hours apart on that. Uh, Gilbert Manzano, Orange County Register, just joined us. Ken Allen. Now back off COVID list, although they did lose their left tackle yesterday. Rashawn Slater to COVID. 75 players now on the list for the last two days, according to the Ian Rappaport. That's uh, a lot of people. Or Adam Schefter, excuse me, it's a lot of people. Chris, uh, you and I have talked about this. Raiders, Broncos, I mean, I'm good with either being a rival. If you hate the Broncos, that's fine. I, you know, I hate them too. They annoy, they're annoying. And the incomplete chance and all that. 
The Raiders, they always get to me, and of course I got to you again with the stomping on the logo. But the Chargers are just there. But to be honest with you, I've considered them the biggest threat to the Chiefs, the biggest threat to the crown, biggest threat to the five straight AFC West title, and clearly Thursday night will define it. They don't really have a rival in in L.A. yet because they didn't say they, they hate the Raiders always, but again, they're in Vegas now, and their fans are, they only sell to a ton of other fans. It's like what the Raiders are seeing, fans from all these other places. When they were playing in the MLS stadium before they moved into SoFi, yeah. they were dealing like with 50% of a 30,000-seat stadium filled by opposing <laughs> fans. That's who comes in. Like, there'll be probably 15,000 Chiefs fans there on Thursday night. Again, I've always likened the Chargers to renting that garage above Mom's basement because that's what they're doing. The Rams built that. Kroenke built that. They're renting space there. Yeah, but I, I've said this all year since they made the move that they're a team that plays now seventeen road games. So yeah, hey, but, but, like, who do you see? Because I always look recency, all right. Because for a while I considered, even though the Raiders and, and Broncos are treading water, I looked at the Patriots. Like when they had Tom Brady, like that's the team to beat. And obviously they're getting back to being that team to beat at this point as well. But I always looked outside the division. Like, who's the biggest threat to the Chiefs? Because I like their attitude. That's how they did things. That's why they brought in Steve Spagnuolo. How do we get past the Patriots? How can we end this dominance? That should be the focus. I think that's been the Chargers' focus. It's like Derman James said. Yeah, they beat the Chiefs, but they didn't throw a parade about it. Like other teams have thrown a victory parade after beating the Chiefs. Chargers did, man, because they knew they were seeing this team again. And they knew, be later and, in the season. And they knew that they didn't beat that team the team beat themselves. Yeah, the so, Chiefs beat themselves. In that so game. they can't celebrate like the Ravens. And celebrated. they didn't have Willie Gay. And they didn't yeah, have Christian. And exactly. They didn't have yeah, like they 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 knew that they did not face a team that was at full strength and playing as well as they can play. So they knew that they cannot take that for granted and celebrate it like. We saw the Ravens do the week before where they were jumping and hooting and hollering in the locker room like they won the Super Bowl. Dan Sorensen was the leading tackler that day with the Chiefs. Uh, with yeah, oh, the yeah. He definitely had to make a lot of tackles there because the rest of that defense wasn't doing well. And he missed a lot of tackles in that game, too. Yeah, but Sorensen was the lead dog in that, I, in that I, game. Chris Jones did play that game. I forgot he had two. But he was yeah, he still with that wrist, but he yeah. was still. I, I will he say was, this, he was not though. the same Chris Jones at that point. And Frank Clark clearly wasn't the Frank Clark yeah. that you have now. I will say this, though. I, I, I've i never looked at the Chargers in the same light as I've looked at the Raiders or the Broncos. And maybe it's because when I was growing up in the 90s, the Chargers were a joke. Like they, like I know they made a Super Bowl that that decade, but they were a joke for most of that decade. You know, I, I, some of my earliest memories were watching Ryan Leaf play quarterback for them, and you know the quarterbacks they had before that were terrible too. But Ryan Leaf just he he took the cake as far as terribleness at the quarterback position, and I just remember watching him and being like, man, a team that fields a quarterback that's that bad can't be that good. And even when Phillip Rivers was there and they did have some great teams when Phillip Rivers was there, you know, that 07 team that had with Marty Schottenheimer, Damian Tomlinson, et cetera. That was a great team. I think they went well, like 14 to two, 15 to one. I think that year I thought, I always thought Phillip Rivers had earned that title of best and I win one. Yeah. And, and he might be I mean, I think Dan, actually, no, he's number two, Dan Marino, number one, but he's number two. I, I mean, current, well, current, obviously of, of Marino now, but when he was, still, the, like when he was said, still playing, that's what I was like considering. 
this millennium. When he was still playing. Yeah, yeah. since the turn of the century, yeah, I, I would agree with that. But, like, it's hard for me to look at the Chargers the way that I've looked at the Broncos and the Raiders because there was real hatred there for those teams. I hated Phillip Rivers, but I didn't hate the Chargers. I, I hate... I, I hate the Broncos. I hate the Raiders, you know, not just because not just because of John Elway and Al Davis and all that mess. Like, I just hate their fans. I don't hate Chargers fans because they don't exist. But I, I, I really do hate the Broncos, hate the Raiders. And so it's hard for me to look at the Chargers as a real rival. Well, it might be time to start. It might be time to start because they win this game. They're back in first we'll place. We'll see. We'll talk about that. By the way, there's good news on the NFL salary cap. It's now official, according to Ian Rapport. We'll discuss that next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.